content warning. This episode contains discussions about mental health and thoughts of self-harm. If you are not in a place where you can listen to this right now, then I just wanted to let you know before the start of the episode. Welcome to the Kate Languages podcast. I'm your host, Kate Clifton. I'm a former MFL teacher who left the classroom in 2017 to set off on my own adventure. Since then, I've developed my passion for helping teachers through creating time-saving teaching resources, delivering language lessons and CPD to languages teachers, and of course, through this podcast. I've had some wonderful feedback from teachers about how my work is helping them with their everyday teaching, and I love connecting with teachers from all over the world. To get in touch, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at Kate Languages on both, or you can email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. But for now, grab a cuppa, although maybe not if you're listening in the car. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Kate Languages podcast. Hi, how are you? Welcome back to another episode of the Kate Languages podcast. This is season six, episode three. I hope you're enjoying the season so far. Thank you to everyone for all the lovely feedback on the first couple of episodes. So yeah, let me know what you are thinking about things, good and bad. I don't mind bad feedback (laughs) if you disagree with me on some things. I'm at Kate Languages on Facebook and Instagram, or you can email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. So I'm going to dive straight into this episode today, knowing when to quit. That's what I'm going to be talking about today. So the reason I thought about doing this episode is I was recently working on a very big project with a very well-known let's say, global corporation. And I kind of quit. I did like, you know, a reasonable amount of work for them. I didn't just like quit, you know, and go, sorry, I'm just not going to do anything anymore. Well, I kind of slightly did. The project was a lot bigger than I had realised, a lot more time consuming and financially not particularly viable for me. Let's just put that in a nutshell. So, and I kind of like started saying right from the beginning, like, wow, this is taking a lot longer than uh, I thought. And also at the same time, over the course of September and October and, you know, going into sort of (laughs) November and of 2023 a lot of things in my work kind of like massively took off so I did a couple of workshops where like unprecedented numbers of people signed up particularly the free workshop where hundreds and hundreds of people signed up for that one which was absolutely incredible and I just had a lot of other stuff going on and lots of inquiries and I'm still getting loads of inquiries. And if you would like to work with me, I'm much freer now than I was in September and October. Let's put it that way to, you know, to go into school. So that, I mean, that it takes a whole day. So I might come in and do a half day, but say, for example, I went up to Nottingham, which I did recently. It's about an hour and a quarter, technically. I'm going to leave my house probably two hours before just to make sure I'm there on time. Deliver a workshop for two, three hours or so. Then I come home. You know, that's a day. That's a full day. So 
which is wonderful and I absolutely love it. Like I'm not saying I don't love it, but for a technically a half day of training, like that's a full day. And I, bearing in mind, I only have three days a week. So yeah, I just could not fit in this work. And yeah, but it was slightly unexpected that other things were taking off and taking more of my time and things like that. So, you know, it was just one of these things where I realized like, I can't do this anymore. And I realized as well that I have become a lot better in recent years about knowing when to quit. And I thought I would talk through the top five signs when you, and it's not just for work. So a couple of the examples I'm going to give are for things that are maybe slightly work related, but not just for work, but just, yeah, knowing, knowing when actually you need to, I mean, either walk away completely and we are going to be, so the last episode of this season is the live podcast recording with Bex about life after teaching. So it might be you want to walk away from teaching altogether, but knowing maybe when to leave a school and move to another school, knowing when, if you've got a TLR, whether to just drop your TLR, knowing whether to drop down from full-time to part-time. You know, quitting isn't necessarily doing what I did, where you just literally walk away from one day to the next, which I am still not proud of. I physically couldn't work anymore. So, you know, it was just one of these, just one of these things. But yeah, so not necessarily completely quitting and going and doing something completely different, but you might want to do that. I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's just no way to quit or pivot and just change what you're doing. Okay. So I've got my top five signs when you are doing something that a lot of me, like your body, your body knows, your body's way of telling you when it is time to quit. Okay. Number one, when you are feeling physically ill. So for quite a long time before I got to the point, so if you, I mean, if you want my whole story, listen to my teacher wellbeing and burnout episode from right back in season one. But yeah, so for quite a long time before I stopped teaching, which I did because I was having anxiety attacks and literally couldn't physically get in my car and drive to work. So that was why I said like from one day to the next, I just didn't go in. Yeah, but for quite a long time before that, and actually when I taught in London and I... I mean, I like completely changed my life. I left London and quit teaching and did a master's for a year and then decided I did actually want to go back into teaching after that. And then before I quit completely seven, seven years ago now, I was physically ill for months and months and months leading up to it. For me, it manifested itself with being sick, like... I don't really want to go into a lot of detail because, you know, you might be like eating your breakfast or something while you're listening to this. But I was constantly nauseous and not necessarily throwing up, but just like, I just felt really, really sick all the time. To the extent where I literally just had to keep telling people I wasn't pregnant. I mean, that's another, that's another thing. But anyway, so yeah, so I was, I was feeling physically sick a lot of the time. And I ended up like taking time off work because I, I would just like, kept thinking I was going to be sick and I it just drained me completely when I lived in London I was going to the doctors I was going to the hospitals I was having all sorts of investigations as to why and I look back now and it was stress it was stress because I don't feel like that these days so yeah at some points as well I had really bad backache so the physical strain 
on your body. I had a really bad neck as well. And I would go to a chiropractor and I get that sorted out. And then again, it's stress. Like where do you hold your stress? So for me, I hold my stress in my neck, shoulders and in my stomach. And I can now recognize the signs when I, if something is making me feel physically nauseous and sick, I know that it's time to quit or to change or to drop something or to do something new. So yeah, that might seem like a really, really obvious one. But I think sometimes we think, oh, it, you know, it's related to something else. I've just got a bad back because I've just got a bad back. Again, I have a bad back. I've got a slip disc in my back. I'm such an old lady. Yeah, I've got a slip disc in my back. I've had it forever, I think. But it doesn't really hurt anymore because I'm not doing stuff that is making my back hurt. So yeah. So number one, quit if it is making you feel physically ill. Number two, if something is out of alignment with your values. A really good example of this for me is when I quit Twitter, which isn't even called Twitter anymore, which I think kind of says it all. I was feeling for a long time, like I was feeling really negative about social media. And it's really interesting. If you listen to my social media episode, I said quite a lot of negative things about social media. And you know what? Recently, I've been working on my Instagram and my Facebook, like my Instagram in particular, which has kind of had a knock-on effect on my Facebook and using it to really connect with people, you know, connecting with teachers and then meeting people in real life. So twice in 2023, I met up with, as I was referred to them, to my husband, like my Insta friends, you know, my Insta friend, like X, Y, Z, and he knows all about my Insta friends. So uh, shout out to those wonderful, they are mainly women, as is often the way <laughs> in MFL. Anyway, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've become a lot more positive about social media, actually. And one, of the, one of the reasons why is I think it's because I quit Twitter. And one of the things that made me quit Twitter was it was not in alignment with my values. And I think my values being basically just be kind, be nice to people, don't say mean things, don't argue with people, like all that kind of stuff. It was just really not sitting properly with me. It it just, it just made me really uncomfortable. And I know there were lots of really good things about Twitter. And I know people have built very successful careers off the back of Twitter, you know, and people, some, some people are still on it apparently and still really love it. But for me, and also I, I mean, I think I said this in my social media, I don't know him, but I don't like Elon Musk, you know, just everything I've ever read about him. I'm like, he's not my kind of people. So yeah, there were just things like that. It was out of alignment with my values. This does relate a bit as well to my teaching. And again, I don't want to go into lots of detail because partly I'm not meant to because of things that happened when I left my job to do with the unions. But also, I I mean, I don't want to name and shame people. I don't want to kind of trawl through stuff that happened seven years ago. But things are starting to happen. And a lot of this is to do with Ofsted. I don't actually talk about Ofsted very much. I try to act like they don't exist. But things are happening that was I just felt were not aligned with my values. And the value here was that everything teachers do should be for the benefit of children and to help them to learn and progress and achieve. And I was finding that people were kind of criticising what I was doing because I basically wasn't leaving a paper trail in case Ofsted ever came in. Do you know what I mean? So I wasn't, like I was giving feedback to students 
And I felt you could see in their exercise books that they had taken on board my feedback and that they were improving based on what I had said. And my exercise books were shown against someone else's as like, yours aren't as good as this teacher's because in her exercise books, she had written some feedback and had told the children to write underneath, okay, miss, I will do that. And apparently that's more effective than what I had written. And then you could see on the next page that they had clearly followed the feedback that I'd given them, but they hadn't written underneath. Okay, miss, I will do that in future. So that kind of thing is so, so out of alignment with my values because I was just like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not getting the kids to write random stuff. And I really hope, seven years on, I really hope A, those teachers are not still thinking that and B, nobody is doing that because it doesn't make any sense. But that type of thing, and when you're feeling like you're railing against the the politics and the, you know, Ofsted and all that kind of stuff. If you're reigning against it to the point where you are like coming home and raging to your husband or whoever you live with, or your cat, if you live with whatever, um, you know, then uh, yeah, it might be time to quit or to go to a different school. Like it's not always about leaving completely. But if you're in a position where you don't have any control over that kind of thing and it's all happening and you're you know, you, you you can't do anything about it apart from move to a different school or completely quit, then yeah, I, th- I think it's really important to live in accordance with your values. And everybody's values are different. Like some people don't care about the type of things that I care about. So yeah, so you, you need to know what your values are. And you know, again, it's a physical response. You know when things are out of alignment with your values. Um, Number three is a little little bit related to number one about being physically ill. (laughs) Slightly tongue in cheek, but also really quite serious. (laughs) So I've written, I've written some notes for this episode. Uh, You fantasize about breaking your arm. (laughs) So this, This might sound very specific. This is genuinely what I was doing. So at the time when I was feeling really sick all the time, I also would genuinely, I'd be driving to school thinking, if I had a crash and just like broke my arm, like I could probably take a few weeks off because I'd be like, especially if it's my left, I'm left-handed. So I'd be like, oh, especially if it's my left arm because I wouldn't be able to write. Like would I have to go into school? It wouldn't be as painful because I broke my leg once. That was really painful. And like, if your brain is going through that, (laughs) you need to be doing something different. And I honestly, and it might sound really extreme, but I've had different times in my life where I've thought that of like, what can I just do to get a break? And literally breaking a bone in my body or I don't know, you know, I mean, I did have surgery at one point and that was not good because I went back too early and yeah, it was, it was a disaster. But yeah, so, and it's not necessarily just fantasizing about physically harming yourself, but if if you are fantasizing about like, oh, X, which is a really terrible thing, happened in my life, would I be able to take a break? Would I be allowed to like have some time off to take a break? as I keep saying, it's a physical thing. And that's more of a mental thing as well. But I mean, I'm, I'm half joking with this, but also it is really serious. Like if you are listening to this and you're thinking like, oh yeah, I have actually had those thoughts. It really is time for you to think about doing something different. Honestly, it really, really is. Because 
it just gets worse from that point on. I think that might even be, I mean, okay, sometimes you might just have like morbid fantasies and morbid daydreams and just, I wonder what would happen if, but if this is a recurring thought and an intrusive thought, then it's definitely, and get some professional help. And I mean that in very serious, like not taking the mick kind of a way, like, you know, you might need some counselling professional help, which is something I have done. So I wouldn't tell you to do things that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah, so that's the third one. So, so far we've had, you feel physically ill, it's out of alignment with your values, and you fantasise about breaking your arm or, you know, physically hurting yourself in some way just so you can have a rest. Number four, if you're constantly procrastinating or daydreaming about a different life, again, this is a mental thing as much as anything, then you need to quit something. So I've had phases in my life where I have daydreamed about opening a little cafe and I've thought like, oh yeah, I'd love to, I love making soup and I quite like baking. You know, I've had these little fantasies of like, oh, it'd be so lovely to have a really cute little cafe in Stamford and then I could just, you know, like enjoy doing this. I mean, I know the reality (laughs) of running a cafe is extremely hard work and especially now I have a small child. Like, I mean, I don't actually think about it anymore, which means I'm really happy in what I'm doing in my work. And yes, it's nice to have those kind of daydreams and it's nice to have those kind of fantasies. But if you are constantly doing it and if you're procrastinating by like Googling available places to rent where you might be able (laughs) to set up your cafe instead of actually getting on with some work, again, that's a sign that you probably should be quitting what you're doing or changing what you're doing or dropping an element of your job you know it's not like I keep saying it's not it's not just about completely quitting with this project that I was doing I really started to realize like I can't do this anymore because I was just dreading sitting down to actually work on this project and for me as well it was taking me away from my other work and I was almost kind of procrastinating by doing my other Kate Languages stuff, like the social media stuff and emails and stuff like that, which is actually what my work really is. Like that's a huge part of my work. And I felt like that was procrastinating to do this other project, which was a bit weird. And then I would find myself cleaning. Now, if I ever start cleaning, I know there's something wrong (laughs) wrong because I hate cleaning. Like to the extent where I literally, I barely ever clean. I used to have a, a really regular cleaner, we couldn't afford her for a little while so sadly we had to let her go and then a couple of months ago I just contacted her and I was just like can you please just come and blitz my house it's absolutely filthy because I just I just hate cleaning I just don't clean I'm sorry but my husband and I between us like we try to do a little bit but neither of us are very good and we don't like it and we both work really hard and we at the weekends we just want to spend time with our kid like we just want to go out and do fun stuff and go you know go for walks along the river neen so yeah so for me and you might have something similar to that like and i'm like if i am cleaning my bathroom instead of doing work that i know i really need to do because i'm on a deadline then there is something seriously wrong and i need to think about quitting so yeah so procrastination daydreaming about something completely different again it's not always just about completely walking away it might just be saying right i just need to finish this thing i just don't i can't do this one thing anymore but yeah so that is I think that's a a really really clear one and the last one number five if you would be better off financially if you quit and did something different 
So the four things I've mentioned up to this point, I haven't actually mentioned money, okay? And I hope you haven't been listening to this thinking, well, it's all well and good, Kate, but I have to do my job because I have to pay the bills. Like, I fully understand that. I am in an exceptionally lucky position. Well, first of all, when I stopped teaching, I was signed off sick for six months and I was paid for those six months. But after those six months, while I first started doing a bit of tuition and first started building up money, and then when we had our son and, you know, at various stages in the last seven years, I have not earned very much money at all. We had deliberately set up a lifestyle for ourselves that we could survive on my husband's income. So I am really, really, really lucky to be in that situation. I know I'm really lucky to be in that situation. That has been the case for me over the years. And I know that that is not the case for everybody. I am fully, fully aware of that, especially, you know, if you live on, like I had years and years and years when I lived on my own before I met my husband, where I just had to suck it up and I just had to do it. Or like when I lived in London, I just completely dropped my whole life in London. I actually moved back to the village to live in my parents' house, my mum and stepdad's house and commuted from the village where they live up to Nottingham to do my master's. Again, I was really, really lucky that I could do that. But I'm telling you, at the age of, I think I was about 31 at the time. Yeah, it was a bit weird after I'd lived on my own for years. Fortunately, as that was pre-Brexit, they spent a lot of time in Spain and they were in Spain a lot more in those days as well. So I wasn't actually like living in the house with them all the time. So yeah, again, I I am massively privileged. I fully, fully understand this. Like I really, really know this about myself, but I do always try to see things from other people's perspectives. And the financial thing is a huge concern for a lot of people. So if you are in a teaching job where it's hugely stressful, you're really struggling and there aren't any other jobs out there and you're stuck with it, then you can't completely quit But as I keep saying, it could be about just changing some of the things that you do. Could you financially afford to drop a TLR if you've got a TLR? Could you financially afford to go down to 90%? So have one day off a fortnight. I did this as a maternity cover many, many years ago. And it was lush. Actually, I don't know why I then didn't carry on and do it in my next job. But one day a fortnight, so you're getting paid 90%. And honestly, on a teacher's salary, with all the tax and student loans and all that kind of stuff, teacher's pension, that 90% doesn't make a huge, massive difference financially. So I'm talking about that kind of thing. For me, with this project that I was talking about, as I said, it took up so much time and the amount I was being paid for it, because it was taking away from other work I was doing, I knew that I would be financially better off by quitting this project. And that's a difficult decision to make as well. But, you know, sit down and look at your numbers and figure out if I change something or if I quit and did something else, would I be actually financially better off or not worse off? So if it is going to have a huge impact on your finances and means that you're going to be destitute, then you can't just quit. And I'm afraid sometimes... Yeah, you just you just have to find ways around it. But if you are not going to lose a huge amount of money, or if you could even be financially 
better off by quitting something, then it really is worth considering. Okay, so to go back over the five things that for me in my life have been signs that make me know that I need to quit something. Number one, you feel physically ill. Number two, it's out of alignment with your values. Number three, you fantasize about breaking your arm just so you can get a rest. Number four, constant procrastination or daydreaming about a different life, such as opening a cute little cafe in Stamford. And number five, you'd be better off financially if you quit and did something different. I would be so interested to know if any of those have like pinged something in your brain or massively resonated with you. I mean, let me know in private. Let me know on social media if you want to. You can email me through my website, katelanguages.co.uk. You can contact me. I'm at Kate Languages on Facebook and Instagram. And let me know, have you quit something because of one of these things? I said, or was there something different that made you think, oh my gosh, I really need to quit. I need to stop this and I need to do something. I mean, I've not even talked about if you're being bullied in the workplace, because I think that's probably quite an obvious one. I think this is coming from inside you, like the feelings inside you that show that it's time to quit. So I could do a whole episode on bullying in the workplace because that's awful in teaching. I'm not, I don't even want to think about that right now. So yeah, so let me know, as I say, email or social media. Hopefully you're not in a situation where you need to know when to quit. But um, yeah, and do listen out for the last episode in this series, where I'll be talking to Bex about life after teaching. So for people who do decide that they've had enough and they want to quit, what is actually out there? It's amazing how much is out there. So yeah, what's out there once you decide that you want to quit? So yeah, keep an eye out for that one. All right, I will see you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kate Languages podcast. If you did, please think about leaving me a five-star review and you can also tag me on social media to let me know you've been listening and let me know your thoughts on the episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe so the next episode of the Kate Languages podcast can be delivered straight to your device as soon as it's released. But until then, auf Wiedersehen, au revoir, adios, bye.